All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, happy Sunday. Good to see each and every one of you guys here. Today, we're wrapping up our series on Am I Missing Something? It's been a quite a long series. I think it spanned like three months, but we're finally coming to an end. And next week, we'll be beginning our Advent series for this year. So let me ask you something. How many of us have ever missed out on something really, really important in our lives because we were distracted? Especially these days, right? With all the tech that we have available to us, it's so easy for us to get distracted, right? By so many other things that are going on in our lives, right? And I can mention so many other things, not just like, you know, our phones or other things that are going on, but these kind of things, it keeps us from focusing on what we need to focus on. Parents, let me uh, put you guys on the spot right now. So how many of you parents, let, be honest, you don't have to put up your hand in front of your kids, but I'm sure your kids would remember. How many of you parents have ever got distracted when you took your kids out and you lost them, right? Because you're distracted with other things. They wandered off, you didn't even notice, and you lost them someplace. How many of you parents have done that? How many of you parents forgot your kids, like you forgot to pick them up, like you know that they had a tournament or you had to go somewhere to bring them and then you forgot them. I see Regina's kids are like getting upset right now. Hey, it's about forgiveness. You'll do the same thing when you grow up, all right? How, how about let's, let's deal with students right now. How many of you students ever forgot because you got distracted by other stuff, something else was going on in your life, you forgot that you had a test that day when you go to school, right? Or an assignment was due that very day. And you're like, oh my goodness, I totally forgot. You know, I was watching Squid Game. I got so into that, right? And I finished that whole thing and I completely forgot that I had a test today. Husbands, I don't know if, are there any husbands here? But how many of our husbands, our men have forgotten when our wives tell us, make sure you turn off your stove after five minutes, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, as we're busy doing other stuff, and we completely forget, and it begins to burn. Bernard, come on, man, be honest. Have you ever forgotten, Jenny told you to turn off the stove, <laughs> and you completely forgot? Okay, how about everyone who drives? I'm sure some of us have experienced this before, that when you are driving, have you ever gotten in your car, and you're driving someplace, and then your mind goes someplace else, and then as you're driving, you forget where you're going. You're like, Oh my goodness, where am I going, right? Like, where, where was I headed to? For all of these examples that I gave, if you haven't noticed already, all of them are my personal examples. I've done each and every one of them to my shame. Especially for the last one, uh, whenever I do that, I get in my car and sometimes, you know, the car is the best place for me to let my mind wander and to think as I'm driving. And there's been more than a few occasions where I'm driving someplace and I completely forget where I'm going and why I'm going in that direction. And I feel sometimes that's kind of symbolic of our Christian life as well. That God sometimes gives us a vision in our life. Like it doesn't have to be this big life altering vision. It might have been where we're doing our devotion or we're spending some time with God or, or God brings someone to our life. Or maybe even last week when we hear a sermon or some other message that we've heard. And this Holy Spirit speaks right into our heart. And he tells us this is this kind of new stage, this new vision, this new thing that I'm doing in your life. Go in this way. 
And we hold that deep inside and we feel like, yes, that is what I need to be doing. That is the way that I need to be living. And we start going in that direction, but then we get distracted. We get distracted by the worries of this life. We get distracted by relational issues, work issues. Um, We get distracted by finances. We get distracted by marks. And suddenly, as we were going in that direction that God calls us, and we're trying to be faithful in that, our mind is in some other place. And because it's in that place, we're thinking about it, we're dealing with it, it's, it's overwhelming us as we completely focus on that. But what happens next is that we forget why we're even doing certain practices. Some of us, we forget, why am, I, why am I really trying to read my Bible every day, right? Why am I stressing myself out by trying to get all the way to church or to wake up early and to get into a church worship service? Why am I, uh, when it bothers me so much or when there's all the stress in terms of church community and developing that together, why do I need more stress in my life? when I'm doing all these other stuff that adds stress to my life and I need to get these things done. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes in our life, what we find is we, our distractions replace God's vision. Our distractions sometimes replace God's vision. Where God gives us a vision and we're, we were headed well in that direction and we're doing so well, but then suddenly, because the distraction subtly takes over, that vision, because our mindset is so focused on those things, so focused on working those things out, that the things of God suddenly don't make sense anymore. The things of God, we feel like, why am I going in this? It doesn't make any sense when I have to do all these kind of other stuff. So we let those things go because we feel that this is our proper vision. It's our proper way. This is because in our lives, oftentimes, if we're not careful, rather than living our life by God's vision, we live our life by distractions. Distractions become our temporary visions that we continually follow in our life. And those distractions lead us to the point where some point in our life, we don't know who we are. Because all we've lived for were distractions. So as we continue uh, through uh, this passage and as we wrap up our series today, uh, let's see the three insights that we gain from Matthew chapter 13 that speaks about how we can actually miss out on what God is doing in our life. So if you have your Bibles, please open it with me to Matthew chapter 13. It's a long passage, but very familiar to each one of us. It's from uh, verses 1 through 23. I'll be reading from the NIV. It reads this, That same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowd had gathered around him that he got into a boat, sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But then when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For these people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to the parable of what the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. You know, the first insight that we gain from uh, this passage that Jesus shares with his disciples is this. Someone already did all the hard work. This is the first thing I want us to gain from this passage is that we notice when Jesus shares about the seed being, uh, seed being sown, he, uh, there's, this, um, there's this framework that is behind that that Jesus wants to make clear, the seed that's sown in our hearts, someone already did all the hard work so that those seeds could be sown in us. See, the parable begins with a farmer, and we take that for granted at times. And it says, the farmer has seeds, and he begins to sow them. You see, in order for the farmer to have seeds, what that means is that uh, at least a year before, there had to be a planting. There had to be a nurturing and taking care of. There had to be the hard work that the farmer put in to nurture and to grow these plants so that they may be seed-bearing plants. And in those seed-bearing plants, then to collect the seeds, to dry them, and to use it for next season. See, Jesus points this out to the crowds. He's saying the seeds that are sown in our lives is not just there just being sown on the, on the spot, but someone already did all the hard work in order for those seeds to be made available to each and every one of us. Look at verse 17. He says, For truly I tell you, many prophets and the righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. See, other people, these prophets that he's talking about, and these um, righteous people who long for it, he's describing their work. 
their faithfulness in bringing the gospel story, the salvation story forward. They were faithful with their task. They were faithful with their responsibilities. And they moved the story forward so that in this time, the disciples could meet Christ and allow Christ to share the fruit of their labor. It says they longed to see it and they put all the hard work, but that seeds and that fruitfulness that came out of their hard work, you guys are the recipients of it. See, we must not squander the opportunities that God gives us. You know, a lot of times we take these seeds that God places in our life, we take it for granted. Whether there are friends that come our way, whether it's a message that comes our way, whether, it is an, um, whether it's um, a community that helps us along our way. You know, God is always at work around us. And these seeds that are preciously sown into our life and preciously given to us, someone did that hard work. Someone has had years of faithfulness of bearing that kind of fruit so that when they bring that seed into our lives, that we don't just take it as, yeah, I'm not interested right now. Thanks, but no thanks. And we just cast it aside. We have to appreciate the history, the suffering, the work, and the care that was put into making that seed possible to be shared with us. You know, I wonder when we look at it, how many of us really appreciate the things that God does in our life and the work that was put into it so that we could hear and we could see. The second insight is this. From this passage, what Jesus makes clear to the disciples is just because we have it doesn't mean that you get it. So just because you have it, the have it meaning the seed and the, and the availability of this gospel that God gives to our life. Just because we have it, it doesn't mean that we really get it. Look at verse 14 to 15. He, he quotes from Isaiah to bring this point to light. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For these people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And what does he say? And as we turn, he says, and I would heal them. You see, Jesus is explaining that the people of God long ago, they all had in common with us a hearing problem and a sight problem. Every era of followers of God have always had a hearing problem and a sight problem. You see, they too were brought prophets, he says. They too were, were brought leaders for God to lead them and to guide them. And whenever these leaders came and whenever these prophets came and spoke God's word into their life, bearing that, those seeds... And all that hard work that came to harvest those seeds so that the Israelites at that time would hear it. It said that when they heard it, they barely saw it. When they, uh, when they saw it, sorry, when they uh, uh, saw it, they barely saw it. When they heard it, they barely heard it. It said that they had a sight problem and a hearing problem. In that same way, he brings that in into the disciples' era and saying, I don't want you to do the same thing and to repeat what they've been doing. And the same way for us, as all of these saints that came before us, all of these clouds of witnesses that came before us and did all of their hard work, 
our families, our grandparents, and the people who have shared the gospel with them. We have what we have today and this opportunity to hear the good news that can heal us, that can transform us. And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears have been given in order so that we could have that. He says, don't have a sight problem. Don't have a hearing problem. See, although they saw and they heard whenever these things were presented to them, what Jesus says about these people is that their hearts were calloused. And because it was callous, he says, they chose to do nothing with it. They're given this precious gift, but when they see it, they just cast it aside. They say, I don't want anything to do with this. See, each one of us, Jesus says, we all need a certain healing in our life. We all have a particular area that holds us down, that weighs us down, that hurts us. And we know that it hurts us because those, it's the same cycle that we go through in our life. It's the same burden that we always feel like it, we're carrying. It's the same worries that's always on the back of our minds. And what Jesus is saying is, the words that I have for you isn't to make those burdens more. Isn't to distract you away from the fulfillment of your life. The reason why he brings these things, he says, is so that we may be healed. That we have taken in something into our life that is hurting us. That is ruining our life. And he's saying, I'm bringing this so that you may be healed. He said, don't let your hearts be calloused towards my word. But look at verse 13 and, uh, 16 and make sure that we don't misunderstand it. Look what he says. After he says that about those people, he turns to his disciples and he says this, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. See, although it looks like Jesus is saying to the disciples, Hey, you guys are blessed because you get it. You're understanding it and you're perceiving it. That's not what he's saying. What Jesus is saying to them is, blessed are you, why? Because you get to see things and hear things that people before you did not have access to. That's what he's saying. Blessed are your eyes and your hear, ears because those people there, they didn't even have a, a, like a small percentage of what you have available to you. They did all the hard work so that you could have what you have today and you could know what you know today. They, they were setting the stage and all the experiences that they had with God so that you would have fuller story to look to and to see how good God is. They didn't have that. But blessed are your eyes because they see this. Blessed are your, your ears because they hear it. And how much more for us? Over 2,000 years before, uh, after Christ was crucified, we have all of this church history. We have all of what we see in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Blessed are our eyes because we see so much more than what the previous generation has been able to see. Blessed are our ears because we have so many more things and resources available to us that previous generations had, had no access to. This is the source of the blessing is access. The things that previous generations did not have. Jesus is not saying that they are seeing, that they are really perceiving and they're really understanding. 
just saying you have now access to so much more things than previous people had. And if they saw what you saw, they would be envious. You see, the disciples, they had Jesus to share the words with them. They had Jesus to model what the whole Old Testament was all about, who God really was. It said, blessed are your eyes and your ears, ears because they see it. What he is not saying is that you get it. You see, we understand this because remember in Luke chapter 24, when we look at verse 25, remember the Emmaus disciples, the people who have been following Jesus and Jesus has been speaking that truth and helping them understand all the prophets and all the leaders had spoken before. When they meet up with him, look at his response to them. When, when they don't have a clue of what's really going on with the resurrection. Jesus responds to them by saying this, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? In other words, Jesus is reiterating, All those who had come before you to make these seeds possible for you, did not everyone before you, and myself included, suffer so that you could have this. This is how much you are loved by God. This is how much your position is privileged in time. But how foolish you are to, not, to still not get it, to still not hear it, and to do nothing with it. See, in other words, Jesus is telling the disciples, you still don't understand, even though you've heard it. He's telling the disciples, you are still not perceiving, even though you see it. See, it is at this point, Jesus goes on to explain to his followers why they are missing the point of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus reveals three different outcomes from our distractions. Because the main point is this, is that we are distracted by many things. And these distractions cause our hearts and our minds to be calloused towards God's word and the way that God speaks to us. So this is the third insight that we gain from this passage is here are the three outcomes of distractions that Jesus points out through this passage. The first one that he says is seed on the path. Seed on the path, basically it's distractions that lead us to neglect. That's what the seed on the path represents. It's the distractions in our life that lead us to neglect, to neglect God's word that he's putting in our heart. If you notice what Jesus says about that seed when it's, um, when it's given, Notice that the farmer, he's not intentionally spreading seed on a hardened path. That's not what he's doing. No farmer in their right mind intentionally wastes good seed on throwing it on path that will not accept that word, that will accept that seed. It's seed that just happens to fall on hardened places. And so the intention that is there is to... to plant it in good places, but sometimes seed falls on arid and and hardened places of our life. And so for them, as soon as it is sown, look what it says. It says the seed doesn't just go there. Jesus describes it as the seed is actually sown in that place. No matter how hard your heart is, no matter how hard your mind is, he makes sure the seed is actually sown in. That hardened place as well. But he says this. But then birds come and they snatch it. 
the imagery is not as soon as the farmer plants it, it isn't like birds are just waiting there and going and they just gobble it up so that it has no chance. No, it's again, it's like he's putting it in intentional places, but that certain place where it falls happens to be hardened. And as birds come by and they notice, after some time, they will come and snatch it. That same way when Jesus interprets it as saying, and Satan, when a seed is sown in your life, before you understand it, he says Satan comes and he snatches it away. It's not like as soon as you hear God's word and then before it has a chance to implant itself in our hearts, he comes and he snatches That's not the imagery. The imagery, it's, it's been sown and we sense it. We know what God is telling us. But here's the issue is we neglect it. We just let it lie there. We don't do anything with it. It's like listening to a sermon or, or hearing God's word impact you and you hear it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is really convicting my heart. And as you feel it and you sense it that Sunday, you go off on the rest of your week and you just completely neglect that word, that conviction that God is bringing into our hearts. We just do nothing with it. We just neglect it. And over time, because we don't fully understand why that conviction was placed there, Satan now has time to come in and take that out so it doesn't develop any roots. In the second example that we see is seed on the rock. Seed on the rock is basically distractions that lead to shallowness. It's distractions that lead to shallowness in our faith. So we have all of these distractions that come into our life. And he says, when the seed is sown among rocks, because it's not deep, it's all shallow, it takes root quickly and people take it with joy, he says. They receive God's word with joy. They're excited about it. But here's a problem. The problem is, as they go through it, because they are superficial with their faith, and as joyful as it may be for them, they don't take the extra pains to dig deeper with it. In fact, they're like thrill-seeking Christians, you can, you can um, summarize them as. It's people who will come to church, and they feel that sensation, and that's what they're looking for, a sensational faith. Right? Something that makes their hair stand up. Something that makes them feel like God is speaking to them. Someone that reaffirms their feelings at that time and they feel so loved. But the thing is, they keep it at that superficial level. It says when hardship and persecution comes, and hardship and persecution is actually hard work. It's actually what helps dig that faith in. That helps you dig deeper than a superficial, shallow faith. When these things come to help deepen those roots... These types of Christians, what they simply do is they just give up at that point. Say, hey, that's not what I signed up for. I just want this happiness. I just want these feelings all the time. And as soon as I don't feel good, I'm walking away. And they walk away. And after some time, they come back and they do the exact same thing. They look for that instant joy. And Jesus says, these are the reasons why distractions, it leads to shallowness, is that we're more interested in thrill-seeking and finding instantaneous gratification in different parts of our life that we don't give the effort to dig deeper. The last one that he mentions is seed that's sown among thorns. What these are are distractions that lead to worry and 
to money. Distractions that lead uh, leads to worry and to money. Any of you guys here have a worry problem? <laughs> yeah, me too. I have a huge worry problem in my life. I'm anxious about so many things. And so what, what happens with anxiousness, and the reason why that can become a huge distraction in our life is because we allow our worries or anxieties to control our, our direction, to control our decisions. This is when fear actually becomes our master. We listen to fear more than we listen to faith. You know, how many of us here then have a money problem? Like, <laughs> we're really concerned about finances. We're really concerned about the kind of money that we have. I have that too. I'm very concerned. I, I remember when I first went into ministry, people would always say, especially my dad, would say to me, Eddie, you're not going to make any money, <laughs> right? Like as a, as a pastor, it's going to be really tough on you financially, right? And you kind of grow up with that mindset thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never going to have enough. Or, oh my goodness, how am I going to survive, right? Is God really going to provide? Is he really going to sustain? What happens then is that we make a choice of whether we live for money and use God to get us more, or, Jesus says, you choose to live for God and you use money as a tool for his purposes. This is how these distractions can gear us. Either fear is our, is our boss, fear is our master, or money becomes our master. Now, what's interesting in those two examples that we just listed, the, the seed in the rock and also the seed among the thorns, is that both actually grow. So when the seed is planted, it actually grows. So for the Christian, they feel like we are growing in our Christian life. We are developing. Look at us. We used to just be a seed, but now we're actually a plant. But the problem with this plant that Jesus mentions is that they're never seed-bearing. They're never fruit-bearing. It never bears fruit. It's just the plant that grows. And as that plant that grows, it never has the time to bear fruit. So what kind of plant is a plant that just grows in and for itself? It's a plant that just harvests energy, harvests nutrients and everything just for itself. It's a very self-centered growth. Jesus is saying that plants were meant to bear fruit, and the fruit is supposed to bear seeds, and seeds are supposed to be planted elsewhere so that we may be fruitful in our life. But these kinds of plants, it makes Christians feel like we are growing. It makes Christians feel like we are doing well in our own relationship with God because there is growth. But the problem is it's very self-centered. All the energy that is produced, it's only produced for self-growth, for self-edification. It does nothing for its environment that's around it. It does nothing for people who are around it. See, today's passage, as we, as we work through it together, it may answer a question that we've had about our relationship with God. That although we see certain things and we hear certain things about the truth of God's kingdom, the power of God's kingdom, the transformative nature of our relationship with him, why is it? that we feel like we're missing something? Why is it that we feel like we're not experiencing it as we should? 
If this has been in our hearts for the past few months, for the past few years, perhaps today's word is what we need to hear today. Is it possible that the reason why we always feel like we're missing something is because we actually see what God is about. We actually hear what his gospel is about. But just as the distractions work in our life, we've allowed those things to keep us from walking in that direction. We've allowed our distractions to take away our seeds. We've allowed our distractions to stop our growth at certain points. We have allowed our distractions to choke out the good work that God wants to do in our life. Jesus mentions another soil condition in our hearts. He says, for those of us who are humble and lay ourselves down, there's good soil in each and every one of us. Just allow the seed to be planted there and allow it to grow and have that heart of appreciation that so many other people have, did the, have done the hard work in making sure that you could get that so that it could be planted in your heart so that number one, he says, so that you may be healed. Number two, that you may bear fruit and continue to be a blessing to other people. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for blessing us with this time and giving us your word today. I pray, Father, that as many of us, we are distracted by many things, Lord. Our hearts are filled with anxiety. Our minds are filled with financial worries. There are so many different distractions, Father, that cause us to neglect the things that are most important for us. I pray, Father, that above all of these other things that keep us away from you, thank you, Father, that you never give up, that you are actually wasteful with us. Take all of these sacrifices of those who have come before us, and you keep pouring out these seeds into our hearts because you love us. You want us to be healed, and you want us to bear fruit. I pray for each and every one of your precious brothers and sisters that are here today, Father. Will you anoint them? Will you fill them with your spirit? Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen.